girl. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Y'all, if you hadn't already, get something to eat. Uh, we're just going to have a good time this morning, lay back, kind of. Um, if you would, real quick, uh, join me in prayer. We're going we're gonna to get worship started this morning. God, I thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come before you, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity we have to just spend time together in fellowship, Lord. I pray that you would have your way in this place today, Lord, and uh, that your will would just continue to be done in all of our lives, Lord, and in this church. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Y'all come on, stand up this morning.
praise this morning. God, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you. So come by from wherever you've been. Come broken heart, let a rescue be. Come by your mercy, a sinner come be. Earth has no song, heaven can be. So lay down your burden. To lay down your
just as you are So lay down your burden Lay down your shame All who are broken Lift up your face
Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your greatness, Lord, for how awesome it is that you are. How words themselves just don't even begin to describe, Father, how even books stacked upon books just trying to describe the world couldn't contain the enormity. Father, we thank you for all it is that you are, for all it is that you're doing in and through your people, through your church. Father, I pray that we would just continue to keep our eyes focused on you. To not get so easily distracted by the things that are around us, beside us, going on in our world, Father, but that we would continue to trust you, to look to you, to honor you, to give you glory through it all. Father, I thank you for all that it is that you are doing right here in this place, Lord God, showing people that the gospel changes everything, revealing, Lord God, your word, your truth to us. We thank you so much. 
thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, I'm going to have you keep standing for just a second. Hold on. Worship team, don't run back yet. We're going to keep, y'all are going to keep playing and singing. Curveball. Um, I am going to invite the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive our, our tithes and offerings this morning. And listen, as they pass this, I know we have guests here. Some of you are even thinking, how can you give to God dressed in that? And to you, I say, God made the sunrise. It's blue and orange. Just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Listen, guys, this is an awesome opportunity. My ushers are going to be coming forward with the, uh, with the offering baskets. If you're a guest here, this, you don't need to feel obligated. This isn't something that you have to be a part of. This is just what we feel as a body, how we can give back into what God is doing in our lives. Both the seen and the unseen. How we can trust him, how we can give back to him, and how we can thank him. I just want to take a quick moment. They're going to be walking down the aisles, but I want to pray over this. And then we're going to continue to sing how great thou art. I want to come back in on that last verse, if y'all don't mind. I uh, get a little excited. Uh, come on. Um, bow your heads with me as we pray over the offering. Father, I thank you for what it is you're doing through each and every one of us. How you're using us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine, Lord God. Through just simple gifts. Father, lives being changed for eternity. I thank you right now for all it is that you are going to do, even through this right here. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, guys. Let's worship the Lord as they, uh, as they pass those baskets. When Christ shall come. Come on, y'all are going to have to get a little excited about this. Sings my soul one more time because I love it. Then sings my soul. Let's sing the vocals. Come on, voices, let's sing aloud. My Savior God. There you go. 
Thank you, Lord God. You alone, Father, King of kings and Lord of lords. You alone worthy to be exalted, to be praised. We thank you. How great thou art. Greater, Lord God, than any of the things that, that we chase after. Greater than any of the things, Lord God, that we run after. Greater than any of the things that we give our life after, God, we turn to you and we say thank you. You alone, Lord, are great and worthy to be praised. It's in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, guys. Y'all turn around, greet somebody, say hello to somebody. Come on, hallelujah. Or just sit straight down, you bunch of non-fellowshipping people. <laughs> Man, we want to welcome everybody here this morning. It is exciting to be here. Uh, yes, for those of you that aren't aware, today is the Super Bowl. Um, and for those of you that aren't aware, I envy you. I envy you a lot. I do. I do. Um, it is, uh, I, I do have a couple quick announcements before I'm excited to introduce Ron Corzine, my pastor, our overseer from, from here. And, uh, but a uh, couple quick things that I want you guys to remember and be thinking about this week. This week we have a, uh, the food pantry. If you are able to help, we love being able to go out. We take the, is it the, we're the second Tuesday? What is this? Second Tuesday of every month we help out down at the, the uh, Paris food pantry downtown. And we would love to have your help. So many hands we use that can stock all the shelves pretty quickly. Have a great time of fellowship. There's been a good group that's been showing up. Don't mind me while I just trip over things up here. Um, but yes, the food pantry on Tuesday night, I want to encourage everybody, uh, please be a part of that. It's a great opportunity to serve within our community. Um, as well, I believe there's still some food and items, like if y'all are still hungry, y'all have a chance to go grab quickly. Um, there was one other, where's my people? I don't see anybody. They just left me hanging out here this morning. That's, that's great. I had one other announcement. They said, don't forget, and I forgot. Yep! Thank you. There he is. I found him. He's wearing red today. That's why I'm trying to ignore him. Um, he's <laughs> So during the Super Bowl, guys, one of these things that uh, I'm really excited that we get to be a part of on a national level today, they are introducing Jesus throughout the Super Bowl. There's been commercials that have been coming out. Come on. It's good. The opportunity to listen here because you may not be clapping. The opportunity for questions to arise within the very moments that you're creating within your community, within your surroundings, within your people, within your relationships, all of a sudden it's going to create questions and it's going to give you the opportunity to answer and say, man, I know a guy that can change everything. His name is Jesus Christ. The gospel changes everything. So guys, this is a great opportunity. Y'all, there's a QR code. 
scan it. It gives you just a little bit more of the information that's going to be happening during the Super Bowl as it's happening, as well as gives you opportunities. It gives you uh, responses, different things, questions that may come up, and opportunities for you to be able to share. So check it out. It's a great opportunity. Um, today is obviously uh, laid back, but not laid back. Man, is uh, not that you're not laid back, but um, the opportunity to have Ron Corzine here, guys. For me, I, I can't even begin to tell you. Yesterday we had a uh, marriage marriage workshop, um, and it was truly tremendous to hear just the wisdom from so many. Uh, but the blessing as well to have Ron and Ann Corzine come up and and uh, share with us, minister to us. And then to have him here again today, yes, it does give me a slight day off. I get to eat tacos with you. Um, but uh, y'all, uh, y'all join me in giving him a warm welcome as we welcome Ron Corzine up here this morning. Good morning. Let me, uh, it's, it's really an honor to be here today. I, wanna, I don't want to forget this, and I just told Corey, I must say this, um, March, this March, we're about a month away, is Christian Fellowship Parish' 10th anniversary. Ten years ago, yes, I'm sorry, CFC was here before Corey got here, okay, so please forgive me, but uh, since Corey and Melissa have been here, it'll be ten years. And so what the leadership and I have uh, put together and decided is right, uh, and that is we want to give them... Uh, a sabbatical. We want to give them an opportunity to have maybe two or three weeks away just resting, not having to prepare a message or the singing. Uh, and so well, that's what we're going to do. Uh, probably the sabbatical won't take place. It'll probably, I'm guessing somewhere around August did we talk about. But I'm just throwing it out there to say to you so you can prepare mentally, emotionally, how can we make it for three weeks without Corey and Melissa? You can, I promise you, you can. They even believe you can. And it, it'll be good for them, it'll be good for you. Now, just because they get a sabbatical, it doesn't mean while they're on sabbatical, you take sabbatical too. <laughs> that happens a lot of times, you know. I remember years ago when I pastored, people would call on Sunday morning and say, is, is, is Pastor Ron preaching? And their response was to be, you just need to come and find out. And a lot of people, if they find out Corey's not, well, I don't know about Corey, but a lot of people find out the pastor's not preaching, then uh, they might see it as an opportunity to do something else. Now, let me tell you what I want to do today. Uh, this is going to be a very brief sermon. Don't clap. Hold, hold the applause. <laughs> My ministry really changed, Brother Russell, and really took off when somebody was honest enough with me, after one of my sermons, they said to me, you do know that bad doesn't get better longer. <laughs> and I don't know that I got it immediately. I was still high from my preaching the sermon, you know. But when I got home, I got to thinking about that. Bad doesn't get better longer. And so... I decided, you know what, I'm going to change from preaching long sermons to short, good sermons. And the good thing about it, people know it won't be much longer. <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to share with you some things 
today a few things that uh, we talked about a little bit yesterday at the marriage uh, seminar. And uh, one of the things my wife, she reminded me, you've got to, you need to say this. And so when your wife says you need to say something, uh, you, you need to say it. Okay? That's number one. And she said, you know, we didn't talk about helping around the house. We're talking about husbands and wives. We didn't talk about helping around the house. Now, I don't know if she was insinuating that men can be slobs or I'm just a slob, but she said, you need to tell uh, everyone, men and women alike, whoever it is, if you get it out, put it up. If you open it, close it. If you turn it on, turn it off. Now, she taught me this lesson after we were married very, a very, very short time. I think it was the day we came back from the honeymoon is when this lesson that she taught me. And here it goes. When I lived at home, I would come in from work, and I would take a bath. But mom knew what time I would arrive, and the bath water was already run. The soap was laid out. The towel was there. And I would get in the tub, I would take a bath, I'd get out, and I don't know, it just wasn't important to me to pull the plug. I mean, if she went to this much trouble to lay all the soap out and put the water in there, then, and so what I did, foolishly, this I'm telling you what she taught me, uh, I just did what I, with her after the honeymoon, what I did with mom, I just left the plug in, got out, toweled off, and took off to do what young guys do. Well, the next night after work, I went to take a bath. And you know what? There was just cold, old, dirty water in that bathtub. And I, I, I thought, something's wrong here. And what I learned is I was wrong. Not it was wrong, I was wrong. And so she, she taught me, and some of you have your own experiences, she taught me that, uh, you know, if you, you need to let the water, if you want to have fresh water the next night, you need to let the water out of the tub. So there you go. Now, I want to go back over what kind of what we talked about yesterday. But first, let me tell you a little story that I read about. I had to do with a little boy in Sunday school class, and uh, the Sunday school teacher was teaching about Jesus' first miracle where he turned the water into wine. And uh, when he got home, his father asked him, what was your lesson about? He said, oh, about Jesus at a wedding. And he turned water into wine. And his father said, well, what did you learn from that? And the little boy said, well, uh, what I learned, it's, it's very important uh, that you make sure if you're going to have a wedding that Jesus shows up. <laughs> uh, maybe for a couple of apparent reasons, but for him, you need Jesus at a wedding. Which leads me down to this. People need Jesus in their life. 
Husbands and wives in their marriage need Jesus in their marriage. And however good your marriage is, and you may be here today, possibly like me, saying, hey, things are great. Things are good. Well, however good you think your marriage is, what we don't want to do, I'm convinced, is settle there saying it's good enough. Because there is something in English that's beyond good, and we call it great. So we move, if, our, if we have a bad marriage, we need a good marriage. We need to get Jesus involved. And if we have a good marriage, we want a great marriage. I'm not satisfied. I, I, I'm happy that we have a good marriage, but I want to keep doing things as the husband. And I believe she wants to keep doing things as the wife. In order to have a good marriage, I want to keep doing things. I want to keep helping. I want to keep, uh, I want to keep, I don't want to create stress by making a mess. That rhymes, doesn't it? So what we do is we, we help, we serve. Not only do we serve, some, sometimes we get big on serving at the church or we get big on serving our community or we get big on service, but service is usually sometimes directed everywhere except where it needs to be directed and start, and that's at the home with your spouse if you're, if you're married. There's, there's, a, there's a big difference between a wedding and a marriage. Sometimes we get, I think sometimes young couples especially, get confused. The, the wedding is, the wedding planning and the wedding, the event, it's about... Uh, it's just, it's about coming together, everything coming together. Y'all with me? It, it, we need this to come together, we need this to come together, we need this to come together. And that, if everything comes together, we have a good wedding. <coughs> but a good wedding is one thing, and many times people prepare more for a good wedding than they prepare for a good marriage. A wedding is an event lasts, that lasts so long. But a marriage is designed by God to last forever. And so if we're going to give time, we need to give time to the wedding, to have a nice wedding. But where we need to focus most of our time as husbands and wives is how to make our marriage better than it is. How to make a good marriage a great marriage. It's always going to come down, I believe, to serving one another. Thinking more highly of the other person than you think of yourself esteeming them, lifting them up, pushing them forward, encouraging them. And now look, I'm aware from here, from the front all the way to the back, we, we, do, we can fail. But just because you can fail, it doesn't mean you give up or you quit. You go back and you keep over and over doing what is necessary in order to have a, a, a good marriage. Now, I want to read the scripture, and that's probably going to be where we start Moving toward the end, you say, the end? We just got started. Oh, you're going to love me. You get to start earlier on Super Bowl food. <laughs> Probably not if you had any what they had here. Let me just read the scripture to you. Uh, uh, very familiar. I, I would imagine all of you are very familiar with it. I'm reading out of the New King James Bible. And this is not just, this scripture is not just about a marriage, but I think it's predominant. It's, uh, it's predominantly designed for marriage. Uh, 
Ecclesiastes chapter 4, the wise man Solomon said, two are better than one. Two are better than one. Now, we're putting this in the context, let's say, of marriage today, okay? Uh, you're either married, you're coming together, you're going to be married. Two are better than one. Uh, I got tired of being one. <laughs> I got tired of being one. And there is something, there, I think what leads to a marriage is two individuals realize that when, whether they know what God said, God said, it's not good for men to be alone. And sometimes people who get married who are alone don't even realize that that is a scripture in the Bible, but it's built into who God created them and how God created them. He created them in his likeness and in his image. And, and even God, the triune Godhead, there's, there's, uh, there's three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we, we have that. And so he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. People partner up. You can accomplish so much in one day. You can work a day and you can accomplish so much. But if two people come together and they work with the same goal and the same purpose, then according to the scripture and according to common sense, they should be able to produce more for their labor than they did if they were by themselves. Everybody agree? That's pretty simple, right? Then he says, for if they fall, here's another thing. If two people are together, if somebody falls... One will lift up his companion. Now, I'm 73 or 4. And so my falling days are probably ahead of me. And that's why I need a good companion to help me. If I fall, I need somebody to help me up. And not only does it go to the physical, but let's start this. The reason we need other people in our lives who are there is because if I fail, they lift me up through encouragement. They come along and they say to me, you know what? I know you blew it. I know you're feeling guilty. I know you feel ashamed. I know you're embarrassed. I know what, I, I understand that. But let me tell you, let's put this in the past and you need to move forward. This is not going to be how uh, you sit here and camp around this. And this is not going to be your history or your, this is going to be your history. It's not going to be your story. It's not going to be your life. And so if two if one fall, the other will lift the companion up. Again, physically and emotionally through encouragement. But woe, woe to him who is alone when he falls. You don't want to fall by yourself and you can't get up. For he has no one to help him up. Again, here we go now, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Now, that's where I say, yes and amen. You're cold, you lie down, your body heat is shared in that closeness, in that relationship of a marriage union. And then he says, but how can one be warm alone? Well, you just can't, not the same way you can with two people come together. And though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, 
and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I thought about that overpowered. Look, if, if Ann and I are together, we become two of us, but yet we become one in spirit and in mind. So what happens if, if I'm overpowered? If you see me somewhere and I'm overpowered, then you need to look out and see if Ann is around because she's going to bring out of her purse a pistol. And she's going to overpower you, and I can tell you she's not afraid to use it. Now, if you have all kind of problems with, uh, with weapons or guns, then that's your problem. But I'm going to tell you, it's not her problem. It'd be your problem, but it's not her problem because I, she's going to, if you overpower me, she's going to overpower you. Now, we lifted that from the Bible. We laughed a little bit about that. But the reality is God created man and woman to be married. There, I understand there, there are those who take a vow of celibacy. I understand there, there are exceptions. But the rule, the rule is God wanted this thing to go on and on and on. And therefore, when a man and a woman come together and procreation takes place, then you can advance the kingdom of God and you can advance uh, the, 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 the Christian faith for us who are of the Christian faith. So here we go. You're here... And it could be that you're here not by accident. You could be here today because you're struggling in your marriage and nobody knows about it. You may be a wife. I don't know. And you feel so alone in this journey and so lonely. And even though you share the same house and maybe the same bed, there's something missing in you. And God wants to fix your life and he wants to fix our marriages where they have breakdown. I'm not suggesting that that is the, uh, the majority of the people here, but the reality is I care, just as Jesus cared about the one sheep that he went after and left the 90 and 9, I have the same spirit. I'm concerned about the one or two here who may be hurting. And the only way I know how to deal with hurt, I can't deal with your hurt. You have to deal with your hurt. But here's what I can do, and that's what I'm going to do before we go today. I believe in prayer. I believe when people pray and they commit something that may be troubling to them, something they have desperate need of when they go to God, whether you feel your prayer is eloquent or said just right properly. See, the fact is, again, God is looking at the heart. Oh, he can hear the words, but he sees the heart long before you ever try to even articulate the words. He already sees the heart. And even sometimes before you even ask, he's already starting to do something. And it's very possible you're here today, maybe a few of you, you feel lonely, you feel hurt, you've had a bad experience, you've had a bad marriage, you've gone through divorce, you're afraid to try it again. There's all kinds of things that could be here today, present, that the enemy brings to the people's mind to keep them from enjoying abundant life in Christ. So what I'm going to do, the only thing I know that I can do to help you is for us to get in agreement that before we go today, you let me pray. I believe God hears me. I believe he hears you. But we're going to get in agreement. If you're willing to get in agreement, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe God 
or whatever you feel that's missing in your life or your marriage, that God will hear our prayer and he'll begin to work in your behalf. And you'll continue to believe that he is working even when you don't see what you'd like to see. Sometimes we give up because we don't see what we'd like to see and we don't persevere. We don't press in. Well, I prayed nothing happened. You need to wait on the Lord and let him work and let that prayer work, okay? Would you just bow your head for a moment? You don't have to have a problem in your marriage to receive this prayer. Because I'm going to include, let the marriages that are strong get stronger even in my prayer. So this is not a prayer only just for failed marriages or struggling marriages. This is a prayer that I'm going to pray that the marriages that are good will become even better. If you could receive a prayer like that, and I believe, I believe it has to do with faith. I have to, faith has to do with action. Faith has to do with action. I have to believe and I have to act on that. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if you could receive a prayer, your standing doesn't mean you got a bad marriage. You're just going to receive the good that we're going to pray and ask God for. If you could receive that, and you're with your mate, you're standing next to your mate, sitting next to your mate, would you stand right where you are? I'm going to pray, and that's going to conclude our service. What you received today is not only for you, it's to be shared. Because tomorrow, you're going to go to your workplace or whatever, and you're going to encounter people who are struggling in their marriage, and you're going to be able to be a testimony that God can work in their marriage through prayer. Father, Thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for seeing our heart and knowing that we need you in every area of our life. Father, I pray for every marriage in this room. You know every man, you know every woman, you know every human heart. You know what is there that needs to be removed and you know what is not there that needs to be added. And I'm asking you to remove any resentment, any anger, any bitterness, any feelings that would keep their lives from coming closer together. Remove those things from their lives. And then, Father, I pray that you would add grace, that you would add peace, that you would add every fruit of the Spirit to their life, that they could come together and enjoy you and enjoy one another. I bless these marriages. I bless these marriages. Hug her. Squeeze her hand. I bless these marriages, Father. I thank you that you are working mightily right now in this place, in the lives of these families. And children are going to have a better home to enjoy 
wives and husbands are going to be stronger and their marriages are going to be stronger. We bless you, Father, and we thank you for what you've done yesterday and today and what you're going to do tomorrow and forevermore. And all God's people said, bye-bye.